0: Hello and welcome to another episode of our show. On today's show, we talk about Marshall McLuhan's famous, or rather infamous, slogan, phrase, the medium is the message. Now, this is something new that I'm getting into, and, and Marshall McLuhan was huge into media ecology, or the understanding of how media, or human inventions, produce hidden psychic effects in the humans that create them or invent them. Uh, he's he's a, a rather enigmatic figure and can almost come across as esoteric in his writings when you when you hear him but the more you get into his books and I strongly recommend the essential McLuhan edited by Eric McLuhan and Frank Zingron uh, it'll help you understand what actually is happening to or could very well be happening to us today so I hope you enjoy this episode. Please be sure to check us out on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. And thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind. You're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. Now, we're, we're live
1: pop-up episode here. Hi, my name is Jerry Fielka. It's Juneteenth almost, 2021. This tutorial, televisious is as though Rob Grant and Clint Nignitoff appeared on my very own screen, like Wolfpack's Jack Stratton merging the meters with Peter Drucker. Culture is our business flips into Funky, that's fun is the key. So it's pretty easy. We're gonna say the medium is the message means question mark with an exclamation point superimposed. That's a double duty in tarot Bang. McLuhan was a poet. He was a charlatan, a trickster and a comedian, but he was also a media guru. He wrote 22 books. He had his picture on the cover of Newsweek magazine. He was in a great film called Annie Hall. But he said, in order to get me, you have to read Finnegan's Wake. You have to read Finnegan's Wake out loud with a group of people. You have to get Joyce to get me. So it's not easy to understand what the medium is the message aphorism means. It's hard to get it. And that's not people lacking. If they don't get it, that's all right. A half a truth is still a lot of a truth. So here's the key. Rob, settle down. You got to hear the key. <laughs> You're, you look fine. Do you know Beavis and Butthead? They, go, uh, they do little jokes, like little asides. <laughs> That's what Bob Dobbs taught me, this very important thing. The medium is the message is an aside. It's not a big neon light dictatorial statement like the medium is the message. Mm. It's a joke. McLuhan knew that the content is important. He's a literature guy. He knows that, but he also knew that the form was important. You can't separate them. We can because we have words. So he was serious about being not serious. That's total Frank Zappa. So he knew the big issue here is form and content. So he knew if I make an extreme statement, the medium is the message, I will needle the somnobulism that all these things put you to sleep. They numb you. You invent words, spoken word, printed word, electronic word, cell phones. Then he turns to the poets to give him the guidance. T.S. Eliot said, the watchdog of your mind. When the criminal goes to steal out of the house, the watchdog comes out and the criminal gives him a steak, a big steak dinner, a big meat, hunk of meat. And the watchdog runs away and then the criminal can commit his crime. Mm. That meat is what we go for as consumers of culture, that's called the content. Hey, did you see that movie you asked last night? Yeah, how was it? Oh, it was great. You don't say, it was great because the popcorn tasted good. I held my hands with my partner the whole two hours, blah, blah, blah. My niece was watching TV one night. It was stupid, stupid TV show. I said, why are you watching this? She said, because nothing else is on. Now this is, people go, that's horrible. No, she decided in her life to watch TV for an hour to relax and veg out. It didn't matter what was on. The content didn't matter. Now, of course it mattered. She was on channel two or four or blah, 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 but. This is a good example. Privately, McLuhan probably hated TV, but he didn't discount it when he was with one or more people. He said, we must study it and understand its hidden psychic effects. That's the key. So I'm going to go to the one quote and zip my mouth and let Clinton explain, and then Rob ask questions. We're gonna get in under 22 minutes. This is from a book called Understanding Me. Marshall said, this is a transcribing his lectures. He said, what the medium of the message really means, it really means a hidden environment of services created by an innovation. And the hidden environment of services is the thing that changes people. Okay, Clinton. In a couple minutes, you're a McLuhan expert. What does the medium is the message really mean? It's a great summary, Jerry. Uh,
2: yes. Um, I feel like McLuhan was counterbalancing, right? He had to like emphasize the medium because everyone pays attention to the content, right? Um, when a medium is new, everyone freaks out about what it's going to do for a few years until mm-hmm. you get used to it. And then, you know... Remember remember when my parents used to say that you know TV is going to rot everyone's brains. Yeah, no, we're fine. Oh yeah, well, go ask your parents, you know, like, you know, like back in the in the 90s com- computers came along and everyone was freaking about about what they're going to do and I'm not going to let my kid on a computer. Oh my god. Like, hey, you like my my parents are telling me don't tell anyone your name, don't tell anyone where you live, don't do your photo, don't do anything, right? Now now everyone's giving away all their information to, you know, be themselves online and who they are is a picture on the screen more so than them walking around in reality trying to live up to the expectation that everyone thinks they're of them that they're getting from seeing their profile on whatever so the medium is the message um ultimately is something i think that's best thought of if, if you really want to understand it it's kind of like you got to explore your ignorances for a little bit because you got to think of all the negative things, or which is not negative like bad, but all the absent things that you're not doing with your time. We all got a limited amount of time. You got to go to school and then you got to go to work and then you got four or five hours to dick around a little bit. And uh, you're going to do it with your video game or with your, or you're going to read a book or you're going to go outside and kick a football. You're not going to do all three. So, two of those three things are going to be left out of your development of your skill. You're going to suck at. As you're focusing on the one and the fact that you suck at all the things you're not doing and you're not practicing and you're not getting good at is going to define you a lot more, even though now you're really good at the one thing that you did um, focus on, like, it's often said that, you know, people have a huge amount of change, there's not a limited amount of knowledge you can learn, you can learn anything if you put the time into right but the time is the limited resource right? You could learn everything, but you don't have time to learn everything. You're probably going to stick with one thing. Learning to read takes a number of years as a child. And even then, when now that you're an adult, you're going to read the books you find on the shelf at the bookstore. You're not reading 300-year-old poetry books or trying to figure out what Shakespeare meant, right? Unless you take the time to go learn English at a level that very few people learn English where they can easily read something that's written, you know, in, you know, Mm. 40 you know word sentences by by some nut job who's you know scrolling everybody right hard books are challenging we'll read the books on the top 10 shelf list uh, you know when you're walking through the airport and you see the top 10 book and it's, it's written for you know a, a teenager could understand them and that's the books that everyone reads from here on out right McLuhan, as an English teacher, he was reading stuff in Latin, uh, you know, he was reading stuff, you know, from over 2000 years of history and understanding how grammar worked and all these complex systems. And now he's writing books no one can understand. So I said, Jerry has to quote to us tonight from a book called Understanding Me because McLuhan's English was so freaking out there that even no one even, like, he's he's talking English and no one can even understand him because it's not plain English, right? No one can understand him because we have the English that we got watching Seinfeld and Friends and the 6 o'clock news growing up, and that's as far as our English ever had to grow, right? And when your English gets that far, you've got an idea of what a language is, and you can go learn French now, too, and you can go learn Italian, and, you know, if you put your mind to it, you can learn Cyrillic and go learn, you know, like... Uh, all. Any language you want, but are you maxing out that language, or are you Finnegan. talking you know, the airport yeah, that, right. that, These that, are the that, median that, questions. Okay, so I've read that, that
1: was that was so perfect.
2: I think that's where that, that I was, was starting to answer. I didn't,
1: mean, to, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that was perfect because aren't you learning Finneganese? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which is the way. book the book that McCluhan got everything from, and it has over sixty languages in one book? Now, one little other thing, you we summed it up so well, Clint. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did because the other thing was the airport book of many years was Future Shock by Alvin, Alvin, Alvin Toffler, who sat at McLuhan's feet and learned mm. everything he knows. So it's so funny how so many of these great thinkers sat at McLuhan's feet and then made it pop culture. Okay, Rob, ask us your questions or any kind. You got, we got 11 more minutes. Go.
0: Well, I was, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for that. That was, that was awesome. So, one thing that I, I, I've been thinking of, and maybe separate from this, but anytime there's innovation, there's always reformation. You know, I mean, you, you look at, you look at, um, music in the early nineties and the parental advisories. And then you look at what some of these people dress up as, and they look like they were from Barkersville at the turn of the 20th century, right? They were like, you know, the necks up to here and stuff. And and I always wonder who is on the opposition of innovation. And when we talk about technology and cell phones and things like that, and, and like you were saying, Clinton, is that, um, You know, fight it as you may. It's inevitable. Change is inevitable. And we associate positives and negatives to these things. Why do we resist? Why do we resist innovation?
2: Well, eventually, when you get used, when you feel like you've grown up and now you know how things work and then you're comfortable for two years and then the name of the game changes and now your uh, kids uh, are telling you you're not with it anymore. I mean, it's the old Grandpa Simpson quote, right? So that one's obvious. <laughs> um, on the other hand, there are also... It, right? If uh, if if people nowadays worry about uh, feeling alienated from one another or being alone in a crowd or, you know... If you look at... Um, I subscribe to the social anxiety subreddit on Reddit so that I can read... What people think who are so socially anxious that they'll put that label on themselves and go form a social group about not having any social groups, right? Because it's like, <laughs> all right, so what, what are these people thinking and how are they talking about their problems? And, and and, and, and you know, so I, I, I do think that technology has got a lot to do with it because one of the things that can be absent from your life is learning how to socialize and learning how to sit comfortably in a room and listen to other people talk. And sometimes, you know, you you hate everything they're saying, or you're bored out of your mind, or or right, like people have to practice sitting in a room with people and listening, and talking to them, and talking in a way that's, that's not condescending, right? Like just basic social skills are one thing that can completely squeezed out of your limited time throughout the day when you're developing yourself. And I think distracting me, media and the the television home, um, you know it. And this is something you can read McLuhan talking about in the 40s and 30s when it's, you know, people spending all all their time around the radio as opposed to family time anymore, right? What's up with these families sitting around with the radio playing all day and they're not talking about their day over the dinner table, right? And anything you can get going on in your house to distract you from learning how to talk to people for hours a day every day is going to right so like that's a legitimate effect that people have been worried about that people are talking about and maybe there's a legitimate reason to resist more and more technology and distractions away from the others from just other people on just cohabiting space and and you know getting used to the fact that yeah you hate this guy and you're going to spend a long time standing next to him and you might as well learn how, how to you know tolerate it <laughs> at, at best or make it work at, you know, hopefully right yes.
0: I- so actually Jerry you go ahead you
1: you say what It's also say. just to stay on your what your question was is as soon as humans invent something they feel they have to control it until mm. they until they wrap themselves around it and they don't realize that it's part of them so, you know, we invented clothing and we don't go, oh, we don't need clothing. We all believe we need clothing and we need chairs. And it's proven chairs aren't good for your structure of your body. But I, I'm convinced I got to sit in a chair. So we embrace whatever the new technology is until it, it then we think, oh, we got to make rules about it. And it's called figure ground relationship. So it's a word you brought up earlier, Rob, ecology. Mm. McLuhan is called media ecology. Media being anything we invent, ecology is an organism's relationship with its environment. So when you say, oh, we invented radio, oh, my God, that's going to change us. Oh, my God. Cell phones are going to change us because they create an environment that has hidden psychic effects that we're not seeing. The evident effects we can deal with and talk, but we don't really understand the hidden psychic effects because we're probably afraid of them. We're fear. Fear is a factor. We don't feel comfortable. So go ahead, Rob.
0: Well, I was gonna say, like, what what's true multiculturalism is music. Think about reggae music, for example, came from Jamaica and then it it went to America and then it was influenced by America. And now you listen to Rise Against. I don't know if you've ever heard of this band, but they're super popular with white college kids. But if you no. listen to some of their songs, he sings like he's Bob Marley. So no. that's music is true multiculturalism. And 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 you know we try to. Uh, like you say, control things and encapsulate things and, and censor things. But counterculture is what progresses culture, right? If we didn't have a counterculture, there would be no progression. We would still be listening to nursery rhymes. Like we're in a haunted hospital from the Victorian era saying, you know, ring around the posy pocket. You know, I'm just saying is that that innovation, you can't stop it. It's inevitable. And like you say, there's a strange evolution of, I mean, think about TVs, families would congregate around We, human beings. We congregated around fires, right? Mm-hmm. We'd sit around mm-hmm. fires and we'd talk and chat and eat food and whatever. And, mm-hmm. and then we invented gravy and things, you know, we evolved from there. And then the TV came and we all sat around there and watched the TV together. And we would watch the same channel. Now we sit down and we're all on our individual sets, our cell phones. So it's like, where are we going? Are we... Are, are we breaking away from from the societal and becoming the individual, or through the individual are we becoming more societal? I have more in common with some of the people that I've interviewed, such as yourselves, than I do with my own neighbor. I have like nothing in common with my neighbor. Yes, you know, I say hi. You
1: have, no, you have a lot in common with them, and you just need to talk to them on their terms and learn from them because. It the, right. the bottom line but I don't is, want to. <laughs> I want to do that's, this. That's why that's why you, you study McLuhan's key phrase and you reinvent all his aphorisms. And one is carefully make plans, then do the opposite. Right. So you got to carefully say, I don't want to talk to him. Then one day you break down and you go over there and you go, You ever notice how this gate swings? Uh why is that? <laughs> or talk to him on, on his terms. And see, yes, of course, he says the medium is the message is not a simple remark. And McLuhan always hesitated to explain it. He said, I don't explain, I explore. So what Marshall was doing was flipping. He teased people to believe his percepts were concepts. So his intuition, his feelings were thinking were concepts. So, you you know, it's a juggling act. You turn a disservice into a service. You turn a breakdown into a breakthrough. You don't say good or bad. Oh, my God, where are we going? Is this bad? Everything's the same. The human race is a cyclical cone. It goes up and down and up and down, and it's processing oh my god it's so much worse because the internet now than when we just had radio and and, and, uh, encyclopedia you know you talked to to simon prentice about his encyclopedia Mm. you know they look at it doesn't matter if you got an encyclopedia and you're reading it and you've got a cell phone and you're reading it it's the same thing it's it's printed word so, mm-hmm. you know, you go, oh, no, it's different because it's on a little screen. So, that's electronic word. So, we have three things spoken word, printed word, and electronic word. And it's not gonna, a,
2: go ahead. I'll, I'll make a confession there. I grew up typing on the internet and reading on the internet. And for the longest time, I avoided YouTube and I avoided webcams because I hated talking to people. Um, oh, it, in this way, I, I just want to read, I can read faster, right? I can skip around, right? And then I realized that this is the best opportunity. Now that everything's so televisual, the computer's a whole new me- medium. And so now conversations like this, now that podcasts are, explode, are exploding and now that people are, especially younger people, they only know an internet where people are talking to each other. And that could lead to more people talking to each other like neighbors ought to, for, for instance, the way that Jerry was saying, right? So there's lots of opportunities there.
1: Yeah, this is just a TV show, Rob. So you're, you're <laughs> 22 minutes is up. So sum it up, Rob. You're uh, You got to give the, as the producer of this show, we want to thank right. you for having you uh, on a show. What is this like being on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Sum it this up, Rob. This brought to you
0: by Zoom, by the way. Huh? I said, this is brought to you by Zoom, by the way.
1: Oh, You right. always have to
0: have your, uh, your advertisement. But is equilibrium... So, so society is always like, oh, my God, right? Like, the horses are out of the stable. Like, catch them! Is equilibrium inevitable? Will we find a way of creating homeostasis? See, we try to create homeostasis. Is homeostasis just going to create itself? Just like the body, when we get sick our body's response is, I don't have to think here and say, okay, white blood cells fight this off, right? Will it naturally balance itself out?
1: That's a very good question. I wouldn't want to ruin it with an answer. So I'll <laughs> let, I will let Clinton say something.
2: We'll swing by the sweet spot again and again and again as we're passing right through it um, as the pendulum goes back and forth. And you gotta take advantage of those moments.
1: So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll end this with the great Wyndham Lewis said, we live in the present. That's what we did for the last 22 minutes. We lived <laughs> in the present and we, we wrote a detailed history of the future. And since Wyndham mm-hmm. Lewis was the hidden ground for both Finnegan's Wake, James Joyce, and Marshall McLuhan, mm-hmm. McLuhan said, communication of the new is a miracle, but it's not impossible. Thanks, Rob. Forever is happening right now. That's it. All times are happening right now. Thank you. Thank you, dude. That was amazing.
0: Again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.